it's quite simple. It's not easy, but it's a simple thought concept. But not until we embrace the fact that only God is in control of our lives and not us, our faith will always falter. But when we trust and, and decide to surrender, what I call doing a swan dive into the lap of Jesus, that's when things change. That's when our hearts will begin to heal. And that's when our focus, our lives will change completely. It's that swan dive into the lap of Jesus. Be grateful in everything, even the bumpy rides. That is Robin Luftig's mantra while either writing or speaking to audiences on healing after tragedy. The central theme to all her messages, grace is available for everyone. This episode is really going to speak to you guys today. I have had so many of you message me and kind of what are my next steps and where to go when I'm trying to find faith. I'm at this place where I'm not quite sure what happens after I've said, okay, Jesus, take the wheel, but now what? And this episode is just going to speak volumes to you. And to be honest with you, we had had this episode, we had to reschedule, so it had been pushed back later in the schedule. But after talking with Robin, I was like, no, we need to, we need to bring this up because I really feel like you guys need to hear this now. So this is a great episode. I cannot wait for you guys to listen. Let's jump in. Did you know that belief the size of a mustard seed is enough to move mountains? God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. I'm Shelby Hosfield. I have a colorful religious past and carried around a lot of baggage for far too long. 20 years after leaving the church, I discovered who God really is and that he was waiting for me the whole time. I do not want it to take you so long. God put it on my heart to help you, pretty girl, find grace, God's truth, and the amazing, unending, steadfast love of Jesus. We are building a relationship after religion and learning new strength in Him to do things we never thought possible. If God is for us, who can be against us? You are listening to Finding Faith Above. All right, so we are so lucky to have Robin with us today, and she is going to share her story with us of faith and coming to Christ, and I'm so excited to get into it. But before we do, I wanted to uh, just ask you to put in your own words, what is it that you do, Robin? Oh, I write some, I speak some, you know, I've got, I've got a few books out, I've got uh, some fiction and nonfiction. And Shelby, thanks. Before I go any further, thanks for having me here. This is really awesome. Um, Absolutely. I have a few books out on uh, the theme of them is God's grace and mercy. But some of them are fiction. Some are nonfiction. God's Best During Your Worst is a nonfiction. I talk about having a, uh, a brain tumor and they gave me 10 days to live. So that, that's a great little book. And then I speak. I love that. I'm a grandma and a mom and a wife. All um, good things. <laughs> Pennsylvania, so I'm, I'm good to go out here in the cold weather. Awesome. Well, I'm finding faith above. I, I know I've shared this with you before, but I really just like to uh, 
open it up to, for you to be able to share your story of finding faith, finding Christ, because I really do believe that people's stories just speak to women who are at a place where they are trying to find God. And, and those stories can really just change their lives and make such a difference. And that is, I mean, that's the whole basis for this whole podcast. And I love the fact that you talk on grace because grace is something that we all need to understand so well. And uh, when we do, it changes everything. So kind of wanted to just open it up to you uh, first, you know, start with how did you grow up? Did you grow up in faith and in what did it look like for you when you were younger? Well, it looked a little, a little sketchy. Um, to say that I didn't grow up in faith is kind of misleading because both of my grandfathers were ministers. And that then made my parents PKs, preacher's kids. And if you know preacher's kids, they either embrace faith or they flee faith. And both of my parents fled their faith. They had made a decision to father, follow Christ early. But because I think, looking back and listening to their stories, they saw religion get in the way of their faith. And it confused them and distracted them. And so they just wanted nothing to do with it at that point. So uh, we had no... Uh, no structure in our family as far as church. There was nothing there. Uh, like I said, both of my, my parents were troubled. You know, they had a, a tough place, a tough way to go. So at one point in a season of my mom's life, when I was probably 10, she, uh, she felt the stirring of God in her heart. And she took me and then subsequently, my brothers to church, my dad never did follow. Um, but it was really funny because all of us accepted Christ into our lives. And my brothers then became ministers. I have triplet brothers, and they all became ministers, which is a real hoot. So um, that's how we grew up. And about how old were you when you started going to church? Was it pretty young then? Ten, about 10, 10 years old. And then I, I was, I loved Jesus, but again, I don't know if it was religion got in the way. And I hate to say that because religion is what we work with, but um, there was a lot of uh, legalism going on and it turned me off. And then I started making bad choices. And then I from my faith. So it was kind of a, a crazy, a crazy time. And what church did you guys, was it a non-denominational church? Was it uh, more of a Christian-based church? It was a Christian-based, a Baptist church in Ohio. It was very fundamental. Um, it was a good church, but there you know how Satan works though. Satan kind of can twist things and gets in our brain. And now my brothers were fine. They, my brothers did not catch that. And it was, it's really been funny because, because of what happened with me and my faith, I then walked away. They embraced their faith and that's how they got through it. 
I walked away, but then God's faith, God's faithfulness and his tenacity and his patience, he let me flounder for years until he tapped me on the shoulder again, just reminded me that he was still there. And he is, I, I mean, my story is so similar in the fact that I walked away for so long. And when I finally did, you know, just open my arms up again and say, okay, God, (laughs) take the wheel. It was amazing to know that he had been there the whole time. And I could see the evidence of that the whole time that I couldn't see when I was in the lost moment. But when I did find him, it was like, wow, like it was, he was always there. Like, and through every step, he was there patiently waiting for me. (laughs) Allowing us to make our mistakes, allowing Mm -hmm. us because I think he loves that sweetness of our love when it's not coerced or it's not manipulated. He just wants the sweetness of it all. I just, I just love that, that he has enough trust in our, our ability to feel that and, and accept that because he made that in us. He made that whole in each one of us to be filled by only his presence. And when we get it, it is, it, there's nothing sweeter than that. So what made the big difference? Was there something that happened that kind of brought you back to him? Yeah, I was, I was trying to control my life because, you know, we all know the best ways to do things. And I had, I had just destroyed my life. I had more marriages than I needed to have. I, and my children were casualties of my bad choices now my children love me so i don't want i don't want there to be a bad picture of that i love my children my children love me and we have this this wonderful relationship when i'll i'll remember something and i'll say oh oh i'm so sorry i did something and i i respond to what it was they say ma Okay, we know, we know that's the past. We know that you did the best you could. But, but anyway, I was in, the, in a place where my, my husband was making bad choices. And I thought I was, I was going to be better off if I just was dead. And I felt, truly, I felt evil wrap around me and try to whisper in my my ear how um yeah it was a good idea just just go up down the garage and turn on the car and go to sleep the world would be a better place and i i got up out of bed and i went i got my keys and it had been it had been a long time since i'd been connected to Christ. Yeah, I would, I was trying to get back, but I, I was not there. And uh, I just, in my heart, I said and out loud, I said, God, I'm sorry. I knew what I was going to do. And I just asked for his forgiveness. And the moment those words left my mouth, the darkness, there was a darkness in there in my bedroom that was darker than dark. 
there was an acrid smell in that in my room that had never been there before. And I really think it was the presence of evil. But the moment I got those words out, the smell left. The darkness changed to just a dark room. And I felt two arms wrap around me and, and hold me as I, as I began to cry. It was just such an impactful moment that it, it changed me forever. And I remember, I remember God telling me to get into, into scripture. We go to first Peter. So, so I got into the first, the first chapter of Peter and I started reading how, don't you know that things, that things will happen? But this is to bring you your faith stronger. And I just wept. I just, I knew that God was with me. And that, that changed my direction right then and there. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, that really is just such a, a beautiful story of coming to Christ. I mean, it really is. And, and I think that's just such a important thing that I wish I could just tell everyone that things are going to happen. These bad things are going to happen and your life is going to be rocky and your faith journey may be a super winding road. But that moment that you're able to say, God, just help me. Everything will change and he will be there for you. And um, and it's it's crazy because you think that once that happens, then, okay, we're done. Uh, then you go off and into uh, a fairy tale life with Jesus, but that's not the way it, it works. And, you know, it was, it was until in 2011 that I wrote the book, God's Best During Your Worst, because out of nowhere, I had a seizure and they gave, the doctors gave me 10 days to live. And three weeks prior to that, I had been driving to a uh, retreat. I was going to uh, lead for the, some women. I was a Christian speaker and writer. That's who I was. And God said in that car to me, in my spirit, so clearly, how are you serving me if you're doing what you want to do anyway? Do you trust me? And to give myself credit, I said, I, I didn't want to scam God. I I know that you can't, he knows my heart better than I know my heart. And I said, I don't know. I don't know, God, if I trust you. I don't know. I said, can't we just do what we're doing? Can't we just, uh, let me talk about you. And you watch my back and we call it a day. Can't we just do that? He kept saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? That was a five hour drive. That was a long time. But at the end of the drive, again, it was another one of those moments that I said, of course I do. And I completely forgot about it. And then the brain thing happened, the seizure happened. And I was in the hospital emergency room. They just told me I was gonna, I could die within 10 days. But I leaned back after sobbing with my husband and the doctor. And I heard God say again, do you trust me? And I am in my 60s, and I am not above having that happen again to me, where I will have a, a moment with God, 
I, I, I fully expect it. God, I feel like I, I deal with this so often. I'm somebody who really wants to just kind of control the situation and make things happen. And, and I, I, for me, a lot of times it's when I don't hear him and I'm like, okay, if I, if I don't hear him, then I know I'm probably doing my own thing here. <laughs> and, and that trust needs to happen. And I need to be reminded of this often too. So absolutely. But I love how you said though, that it doesn't all just after you say, okay, God help me. And you have that moment where you come to him. It doesn't mean that everything just ends up laying out all perfect. I mean, it, it takes, it takes work to get to know him and to get to follow him and constant reminders to, to walk, to walk with him. And, uh, and how did that look for you? It was a journey. It was a muscle that was being exercised. I followed uh, people that were important to me. I tried to, to glean what I could from, from people around me. When back in, after, after the time with the car keys and the evil, I, that marriage subsequently ended and I was on my own with my children. And I remember being so focused. It was, it was my optic that I was, I was only focused on do, being who God wanted me to be and being the mom that I needed to help raise these kids. And that was, that was everything in my life. I had a job, you know, I had a job, but the job was to get me to those other things. And it, it was focused. I had, to, I had to be focused. And this, I, I hooked into women of my church. And then through the years, uh, I hooked into women of faith. And Sheila Walsh, as a real woman of faith, you know, she, for some reason, and I don't know what it was, we connected. I don't know how it happened but we would text one another periodically. Uh, we would communicate once in a while. And she even um, endorsed my book, That God's Best During Your Worst, which I find very, I was very honored to have her do that. But um, I connected with her in that she was, she dealt with brokenness in several ways that I had dealt with brokenness. So. That was very encouraging to me. There was a gal, once I started writing that I met, her name was Edie Melson. She is the director of the Blue Ridge Writers Conference, Christian Writers Conference in Asheville, North Carolina. She is fabulous. And she taught me without teaching me, but she taught me how to serve as Christ serves. It was just wonderful to watch her and to, to see how she worked with people. And again, we connected immediately. And I'd have a problem and she would write me long emails and just breathe life into my doubt and just refocus my, my, my eye onto Christ and 
know that I'm doing a good thing in what I'm doing. So she was wonderful. So it's only always important to find these women. Oh, and another one, her name is Tammy Whitehurst from Texas, the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. She's a doll baby. She, she's, she saw Christ in me and she promotes Christ. And I just love her. I would take a bullet for these women because they are so powerful to me. Mm-hmm. I think that having good, strong Christian women around when you are growing your faith is probably one of the most important things to do. I mean, I had my, when I had my moment <laughs> like yours, you know, where you, you just come to God. Um, God told me that I needed to call a friend of mine who we had, I say friend, we had grown up super close together, but then at some point we had, um, kind of had a little bit of a, you know, friendship disrupt. I hadn't talked to her in years and I have no idea why God said, call, call her, but I did. And she has been the strongest, uh, I, I, I don't want to say influence, but just strongest, um, pillar for me to be able to learn from and, and to guide me when I was at that moment where I needed a good Christian woman in my life to help me so badly. And God knew that. And I feel so blessed to have that. And I do think that having strong women is just so important. And I love the fact that now you go out there and you speak and and you can be that for people as well. Well, it's very important for women to know that we're being watched and whether we're doing it for the Lord or not, we're still being watched and we are influencing other women. So we might as well do our best. And it doesn't have to be a structured mentorship, but as long as we listen to Jesus, do what he says, follow his, his way, share openly and be as transparent as possible. Because like I said earlier, you know, People don't learn through our wisdom a lot of times, they or through our knowledge, but they learn through our transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to we have to be able to be transparent with people. Yeah. So how is God working in your life now? Where where are you at? What are you doing with um I know that you're writing, you're a speaker, uh, but how is he working in your life now? He's stretching me. You know, I'd like to say that that's all it is, writing and speaking, but there are so many times that he's challenging me and growing me. And I, yes, sometimes, do you ever, Shelby, just say, I'm tired of growing? I mean, that's being a parent again, but it, some, it still hurts. I still mess up. And I still say, Father, thank you for loving me through this again. Yeah, I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done. I still have boo-boos. I still heal. I still need to heal. And I'm, and, and I'm finding my life is like an onion. That Oh, there's another one. There's yeah. another one that I have to address. But because, because I make a point to stay in scripture, because I make a point to stay connected with uh women of faith that helps keep me focused and 
good ones around you can help challenge you if you get off, get out of out of whack. They'll say, mm, "Robin, come on now, you know better." <laughs> I don't want to revisit this lovingly, always, of course. But we need our friends, and we need to be friends to other women. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, from here, um, where do you see things kind of going from here with, uh, with your faith journey, uh, anything in the works, anything that you have planned that you'd like to be working on? Well, I've got, I've just finished up one book that should be out in this fall. It's a fiction. It's, I, I did a book called ladies of the fire, which is a, a fiction of three women who met at a fire pit. And this is the second in the series called Ladies Uncover a Secret. So, and then the, I will start a third, the third and final ep, you know, segment of this series soon. I'm getting the, the research done on that. I've got some speaking going on in Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, always scheduling speakers. I've gone as far as Texas, yeah, I go up the East Coast. I love, I love just talking about God's mercy and grace because it's there for all of us. We just have to tap into it. Absolutely. For women who are at a place where they are really struggling right now and they're, they're feeling lost, they're kind of in that moment where they're wanting to find faith, but they're struggling. Uh, what would be your advice on helping them to, to find Jesus and to find God? It's- it's quite simple. It's not easy, but it's a simple thought concept. But not until we embrace the fact that only God is in control of our lives and not us, our faith will always falter. But when we trust and, and decide to surrender, what I call doing a swan dive into the lap of Jesus. That's when things change. That's when our hearts will begin to heal. And that's when our focus, our lives will change completely. It's that swan dive into the lap of Jesus. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Where can people find you if they were wanting to learn more about what you're doing and uh, your books and all that good stuff? Uh, I'm on, on the web. I've got a website, robinluftig.com. That's R-O-B-I-N, Luftig, L-U-F, as in Frank, T as in Tom, I's G.com. I'm in Facebook, Instagram. I've got a blog on the website. I've got a calendar for people that want to sign up to have me come to speak with them. I'm, I'm all about that. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming today. And thank you so much for being so honest with your story. I think that these things just, I mean, like I said, I think they just move people who need to be moved. And uh, I'm so appreciative of the fact that you're willing to come on and talk about it today. So thank you. You're very welcome. And you know what? On my website, if anybody wants to contact me, I'd be more than happy to chat with them. That's not awesome. a the emails. We can do that. It's all about healing. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I am so honored that you showed up today to listen to this little podcast talking about big things. 
If you want to comment, share, laugh, or cry about what we talked about today, then you need to join the Facebook group where you can have a safe space to do all the sharing because we kind of need people in this big old world that understand. And if you are like, heck yeah, that was awesome. Where can I get more? First hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and then hurry on over to findingfaithabove.com where you will find so much goodness all created just for you because I really do love you guys. I've been where you are at and I want to help you have all the hope and none of the lost. Resources, art, Bible studies, it's all there just for you findingfaithabove.com. Wishing you all the best in love in Jesus' name. See you next time.